Hello all, and welcome to this episode of No Home for Heroes. No Home for Heroes explores history's military mysteries regarding Americans who are missing in action from our past wars. These long-forgotten MIAs are remembered here. Today's episode is titled, Finding One Lost Airman from the Sweepy Time Gal. Today's episode of No Home for Heroes is taken from case number 157 in the files of the Chief Rickstone and Family Charitable Foundation. It's the story of one solved mystery and six mysteries that remain unresolved. So we dedicate this episode to the families of six crew members of the Sweepy Time Gal who have not yet made it home from their last mission. I'm your host, Rick Stone, bringing you another great and true story from our vault of history's military mysteries. No Home for Heroes is a trademark production sponsored by the Chief Rick Stone and Family Charitable Foundation. For more information on the Foundation, visit our website at www.chiefrickstone.com. We invite you to listen to all of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast or streaming platform you prefer. And now, on with our show about the Sweepy Time Gal. During World War II, a movie was released, oh, somewhere around March 1942, titled Sleepy Time Gal. The comedy featured an actress that probably no one today has ever heard of, Judy Canova. But to thousands of Army Air Corps crew members all around the world, it wasn't the acting in the movie Sleepy Time Gal that got their attention. It was the image of the title, the image of a scantily clad female ready for bed that soon began to find its way painted as nose art on everything from fighter planes to huge four-engine bombers. Today... We have a case where the crew of a B-24 Liberator bomber assigned to anti-shipping sweeps off the coast of China cleverly adapted Sleepy Time Gal to describe more closely what they were doing in the war, and their nose art became Sweepy Time Gal. On April 18, 1944, the Sweepy Time Gal, a B-24 Liberator bomber built by Consolidated Aircraft in San Diego, California, was on an anti-shipping mission sweeping over the waters off Hong Kong, China. The airplane and crew were assigned to the 308th Bombardment Group, 373rd Bombardment Squadron of the 14th United States Air Force, and they were home-based in Kualin, China. Sweepy Time Gal was kind of special. She had a special radar installed to aid in the mission to locate and attack Japanese shipping. In addition to their normal 10-man crew, Sweepy Time Gal carried two additional personnel on this mission we're going to talk about today. One additional crew member was to operate the special radar equipment, and one who was a radar maintenance officer and volunteered to go on the mission as an observer. (laughs) Obviously, he forgot the golden rule of all military service, which is never volunteer for anything. Three single-engine Japanese Zero fighters were scrambled from what is presently Hong Kong Airport at about noon on April 18, 1944, to repulse an attack by Sweepy Time Gal on a ship, a Japanese ship known as the Hong Kong Maru. It was a troop ship 
that had departed Hong Kong two days earlier en route to Taiwan. And she had an escort ship, Minesweeper Number 101. The ships were reported to be approximately 110 miles, those are sea miles, southeast of Hong Kong. Sweepy Time Gal found those two ships, and she made two low-level attack runs from about 500 feet on the Japanese ships. Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on what your side of the war was on at that time, she inflicted only minor damage and one slightly wounded casualty on the Hong Kong Maru before breaking off the attack. En route back to their bases, after being unable to find any American aircraft near the Hong Kong Maru, the Japanese fighters suddenly encountered Sweepy Time Gal about 1 p.m. on the eastern edge of Hong Kong Island. Sweepy Time Gal was flying very low at about 300 feet when she was discovered by the Japanese fighters. The fighters attacked from behind the bomber, and one Japanese fighter made a full-speed, head-on attack right at Sweepy Time Gal and passed by the bomber's left wing. All three of the fighters were firing 20mm cannon and 7mm machine guns at Sweepy Time Gal. The number three and the number four engines on the right wing of Sweepy Time Gal were both hit and began to burn. A small Japanese patrol craft, the Hong Kong Guardship Number no. 4, crewed by Navy Japanese Navy Sergeant Takahashi Takashi and eight other seamen, also began firing at the B-24 with 13mm and 7mm machine guns. The entire battle lasted much shorter than what it's taken me to describe it, about a minute, and no injuries were inflicted by Sweepy Time Gal on the Japanese units, but the American bomber was fatally wounded. The burning bomber ditched into the channel about a mile northwest of Donglong Island. Upon contact with the water, Sweepy Time Gal continued smoothly for about 200 feet until the right wing dipped into the water causing two terrific jolts, turning the aircraft almost totally around, 150 degrees to the right, and bearing the nose underwater. The fuselage of the aircraft then broke in half near the waist section, and the front windshield caved in. Four members of the 12-member crew were able to escape the sinking bomber and began swimming toward shore. The Japanese fighter aircraft and the patrol craft strafed and fired at the downed airplane and the escaping crew members for approximately five minutes. Only two of Sweepy Time Gal's 12 crew members were rescued in the water and taken prisoner by the patrol craft. None of the other 10 crew members of Sweepy Time Gal were ever seen again. But, and there's always a but in history's military mysteries, our stories does not end there. The bomber, Sweepy Time Gal, was quickly salvaged by the Japanese and studied in an intelligence report. During the ditching, damage was sustained to the nose and the fuselage broken near the waist section. But otherwise, Sweepy Time Gal was largely intact. There's even a photograph of the salvage of Sweepy Time Gal in a Japanese newspaper. During salvage operations, at least two crew members of Sweepy Time Gal were recovered from the wreckage. These two crew members were buried on the grounds of Hong Kong University, and the Japanese Navy erected a post over their graves which indicated 
that those two Americans had been interred there by the Japanese Navy on April 18, 1944. Unknowns X-254 and X-255 were recovered by the American Graves Registration Service from the grounds of Hong Kong University in April 1946, and these two crew members were subsequently identified as two of the missing members from the Sweepy Time Gal crew. But our story does not end there. About four days after the original crash of Sweepy Time Gal in April 1944, five Chinese nationals recovered the bodies of two American flyers found floating in the water about 30 yards offshore near the crash site. The Chinese buried the two bodies in a former slit trench at a depth of about one and a half feet. They did not report their actions to the Japanese. In fact, they didn't report the fact that they had found these two flyers until the summer of 1946, when the American Graves Registration Service personnel were nearby exhuming the bodies of X-254 and X-255 on the grounds of Hong Kong University. A six-member American Graves Registration Search and Recovery Team commanded by Lieutenant Martin Joyce were led to the burial site of the two crew members who had been found floating in the water. Items recovered from the gravesite included a leather 14th Army Air Force jacket patch, fragments of a leather jacket, and American uniforms. These two bodies were designated X-344 and X-345. X-344 was subsequently identified by dental and other biometric factors by the Army Central Identification Laboratory as Staff Sergeant John K. Orovex. He was the tail gunner of Sweepy Time Gal. Staff Sergeant Orovex was interred in the National Cemetery of the Pacific or the Punch Bowl in Section P, Grave 393, where he remains to this very day. The other unknown recovered, X-345, could not be identified by the Army Central Identification Laboratory in 1946 and 1947, and they tried again in 1948, unsuccessfully. Ultimately, X-345 was buried as an unknown in the Punchbowl Cemetery. With three out of ten missing crew members of the Sweepy Time Gal identified, there were still seven of the gal's crew who were unidentified. But, again, our story does not end there. Let's fast forward to July 2014. Several families from the crew of Sweepy Time Gal contacted the Chief Rickstone and Family Charitable Foundation to help determine if X-345 that unknown buried in the punch bowl, was a crew member of Sweepy Time Gal, and, if it was, which one of the remaining Sweepy Time Gal MIAs was unknown X-345. The list of possible matches was The Navigator, 1st Lieutenant Robert Carney The Bombardier, 1st Lieutenant Robert E. Mosner The Radio Operator, Tech Sergeant Robert Berman the Assistant Engineer, Staff Sergeant Barton Owens. The Gunner, Staff Sergeant Carl Holly. The Radar Operator, Staff Sergeant Erwin Posner. Or Second Lieutenant John Morose, the Volunteer Passenger. 
For X-345, the steps to achieve a complete investigation began with listing all seven unaccounted for casualties we just listed and historically associating them with the sweepy time gal in the total universe of possible matches. The next step was to refine that number to a reduced list of probable matches by analyzing primary data sets of race, height, sex, age, weight, etc. And finally, all the secondary analysis information, including historical research correlations and additional biometric profiling indices, could be utilized to examine a list of probable matches and produce a smaller list of most likely matches to unknown X-345. Between July 2014 and November 2015, Foundation investigators investigated all the cases of all seven of those MIAs using a system that we call the Random Statistical Incident Correlation System. And did we determine that X-345 was definitely a sweepy time gal crew member? In addition, the investigation definitively eliminated all but three crew members to be X-345. The Foundation reported one of these three, the Sweepy Time Gals Bombardier, First Lieutenant Robert E. Mosner, as a most likely match to X-345. Over a year later, on November 17, 2016, the Department of Defense announced the identification of X-345 by family DNA comparison done by the Armed Forces DNA Identification Laboratory. The identification of X-345 was confirmed to be First Lieutenant Robert E. Mosner. But our story does not end there. While Lieutenant Mosner now rests peacefully in honored glory at Arlington National Cemetery, where are his six crewmates from the Sweepy Time Gal who remain missing? Lieutenant Carney, Tech Sergeant Berman, Staff Sergeants Owen, Holly, and Posner, and, of course, the unlucky volunteer observer, Lieutenant Morose. Well, unfortunately, we don't know where they are. But we won't rest until these heroes are found, identified, and brought home to their families. Thank you for listening to this episode of No Home for Heroes. We hope you've enjoyed today's production, and we invite you to check out our other podcasts on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio Podcasts, Blueberry, or whichever platform you like to listen to podcasts. We greatly appreciate your comments, and a special link is available for you to contact us on our website at www.chiefrickstone.com. We again thank you for your support of our mission to provide information to the families of missing American servicemen and missing American servicewomen. Every assistance counts, and you do make a difference. Until next time, be careful, be safe, and wishing you fair winds and following seas, I'm your host, Rick Stone, reminding you that poor is the nation that has no heroes. But shameful is the nation that, having heroes, forgets them.